0: There are growing concerns about the health and welfare of pedigree dogs. Although purebreds are often seen as the best of the pack, in reality they can be prone to a host of genetic disorders, turning a cute puppy into an adult medical disaster. Vets say much of the distress could be avoided, so is enough being done and to what extent are so-called designer dogs the answer? Sue Ingram investigates.
1: We come now to the formal part of the 2009 You Can National Dog Show. I'd ask you all please to be upstanding for the national anthem. The National Dog Show, held earlier this month, is this country's crufts, where the best of New Zealand's pedigree dogs go on show. In ring two, it's terrier breeds. It's all taken pretty seriously. In the grooming area, dogs are being preened and beautified. There's hair drying, hair spraying, clipping and cutting, small dogs with long hair and cute bows, long silky ears protected by coloured cloth bags, dogs with white patches being spruced up with powdered white paint. But in this showcase where looks and style dominate, is the dog's health relegated to second place? And for people wanting a pedigree puppy, are there warning signs of potential pitfalls?
2: There are about 500 recognised inherited disorders affecting 300 breeds. So that gives you an idea of the scale of the problem.
3: Those diseases make up a significant proportion of our caseload and therefore the caseload of of general practice veterinarians.
4: It's certainly nice from the dog's point of view in terms of they may have a life of problems with heart troubles or hip problems or that sort of thing, and concern if you own it because they might have bought the dog for a sporting reason, i.e. hunting but it can't, and the emotional tie and down the track maybe some cost involved.
1: At shows, dogs are judged against specific criteria that describe the preferred features of the breed.
4: She's a Shih Tzu.
5: Uh, Her name's Denim Diamonds Are Forever, or Cartier for short. They've sort of got the long flowing hair and they're judged on the expression and the eyes and the coat and the way they move. They're very graceful walkers.
1: Brick is a 13-month-old dog de Bordeaux, a large breed known for the wrinkles on their sizeable heads. There's a particular standard that they need to meet in regards to awarding the dog. They don't do it against that dog looks better than the other dog, it's they've got to meet a New Zealand standard. So there's definitely with the, with the Bordeaux there's a height restriction, good wrinklage around the face, big head, nice and broad, muscular and things like that. The standards are laid down by the New Zealand Kennel Club, which organises the national show. But there is growing concern that prescribed breed standards can promote the exaggeration of certain characteristics that can cause direct harm to the dogs. Vet Mark Robson.
3: Some of the breed standards are constructed so that only unhealthy animals can win prizes. And I don't mean to be rude about breed societies or breeders, but... The bulldog is the classic example where the deep-chested, jowly, sort of Winston Churchill appearance of the modern bulldog is absolutely guaranteed to give that individual dog breathing problems for most of its life. And therefore a breeder of bulldogs cannot win a prize without breeding an unhealthy dog. If you look at
6: that, that's a normal skull of a dog.
1: Andrew Wirth, the senior lecturer at Massey, is showing me some x-rays at the university's veterinary teaching facility.
6: And over years and years of selective breeding for a shortened maxilla, we have come up with what we call brachycephalic breeds. So they have a short, almost human-like or baby face, which is why... Cosmetically, people like the look at them, particularly when they're young, they look like human babies, you know, they look cute. Um, But as you can see from the CT there, we've basically lost this whole section of the face. So the teeth are now virtually under the eye sockets and there isn't any length to that maxilla or what you'd think of as the nose. The lower jaw is less affected and what it leads to is a disparity between the upper and lower jaw if you have a look at the reconstructed ct that's now looking at it in three dimensions and you've just lost that that feature of a prominent forward pointing nose which of itself isn't the issue the issue is that everything's been compressed so the nose is now much smaller and the soft palate and structures that make up the pharynx are very crowded and that leads to airway issues so they have difficulty breathing because they have a very small nasal uh, opening small nasal cavity and their soft tissue at the back of the throat the palate and the the larynx becomes affected or, and they end up with issues breathing and and doing normal athletic activities almost impossible for them.
1: What kind of dog is this?
6: This is a little pug, and this little guy was certainly severely affected in terms of cosmetically. um, He might look cute, but you can see from that picture he really has no uh, nose whatsoever. There's even enfolded skin over the top of his nose because his nose is pushed so far back uh, into his face. He's actually got rolls of skin hanging over his nostrils.
1: And yet this is what they're bred for for shows, aren't they? Oh,
6: I mean, they look very cute, and they're a lovely little breed of dog, and pugs are uh, great spirited little little chaps, and, and they do look cute. We've gone a bit too far, I guess, is the, is the point. Things like bulldogs that were bred to pull down bulls have gone so far from that athleticism now to being a completely uh, house pet that we've lowered their uh, requirement to exercise, but on a hot day, when they try to do exercise, they can get hypothermia, and they can end up collapsing, and often... Owners don't know this when they buy these dogs.
1: Hyperthermia being overheating.
6: Overheating, yeah, hyperthermia. So dogs mainly cool down by panting. And these dogs have such a small nasal cavity, and often in the bulldogs they have another problem too, which is a very small windpipe. They're not able to exchange enough moistened air to actually cool themselves down, so they become hyperthermic.
1: Andrew Wirth says another concern about English bulldogs is that many litters are born by caesarean.
6: We've breed for a large, headed dog, which has become too big for the pelvis.
1: Breeders, particularly of bulldogs, have reacted angrily to claims that they are promoting ill health in their dogs. They hated a BBC documentary about pedigree dogs that aired last year, which has made them wary of publicity. Many I spoke to didn't want their names used on air. In- At the National Dog Show, I talked to Hazel Wilcox, one of New Zealand's top breeders of bulldogs, who, after some careful thought, did agree to be identified. This bulldog lover says her priority is the health of her dogs and that many of the concerns are wrong. She says the pups are not born with huge heads and natural births are quite possible, although she will often elect for caesareans. For me,
5: personally, it's time factor. I do not want to sit up for 36 hours and then have to do three weeks because that's how long we stay with the mother and the puppies. And there's stress on the bitch, stress on me, you know. And I can go in at 9 o'clock in the morning and 11 o'clock I can be home with the mother and the puppies and myself in a reasonable condition, sort of. Um, You know, so that also is quite important. I mean, and we basically can afford... A thousand dollars or something so why should we put our bitch for all that kerfuffle
1: she says the concern about exercise is also misplaced they do
5: exercise now common sense again you need to be walking them early in the morning and lasting at night in the summer they do not need to go behind a bicycle for 10 kilometers they just walk they're just a walking breed they were never bred for anything else but a walking breed
1: It's not just short-faced dogs that are prone to inherited disorders. German Shepherds, for example, the second most popular dog in New Zealand, according to the Kennel Club's registrations, are also at risk. Peter Verhoek, who's the Veterinary Association's spokesperson on companion animals, says the breed standard for German Shepherds encourages a sloping back that makes joint problems, dysplasia, much more likely.
4: The Norwegian police many years ago were so concerned with hip dysplasia in their police dog that they said, right, we are now going to breed hip dysplasia in the, these dogs. And in the space of about 30 years, I think it was, they had a, a German shepherd, that police dog that didn't look like a German shepherd. The breed stand is such that they have a, a sort of low-sliding back, but the Norwegian police dog had a straight back. They fixed the hip problem, but they, they did not have a German shepherd.
1: Hip and elbow dysplasia, where the joints don't sit properly, is one of the most common genetic abnormalities that affects dogs. It can cause severe lameness, reducing the ability to walk, with larger breeds the most at risk. At Massey, Andrew Wirth takes me into one of their post-recovery wards.
6: This dog here is about eight months of age and was diagnosed with hip dysplasia a couple of months ago. He's already had one operation on the right hip, and yesterday had an operation on the left hip.
1: Doesn't look very happy.
6: Uh, he'll be happy if we open the cage and let him out. <laughs> but yes, he's had to undergo major surgery, and it's at great cost to the owners. They've spent about $3,000 on each of these two operations.
1: How traumatic is it for a dog?
6: It's a big operation. We've had to go in and and basically saw the pelvis in three places and then re-establish it to a better shape and then plate it with a metal plate.
1: Peter Verhoek from the Veterinary Association and Mark Robson, a vet from Auckland, describe other common genetic disorders that come their way.
4: We see heart problems, heart failure problems in Cavalier King Charles. We see dislocating kneecaps in the smaller breeds, uh, some poodles, some fox terriers, again Cavalier King Charles. So I suppose they're the most common ones we tend to see.
3: Within my specialty of internal medicine, the most common predisposition would be in certain types of cancers in certain breeds. And in New Zealand, the most obvious examples would be golden retrievers with a whole range of cancers and boxers with a range of cancers, but specifically a skin cancer called mast cell tumour.
1: These types of problems are concentrated among pure-bred dogs, although not by any means exclusively, and they occur in addition to the disorders created by specific breeding for the breed standards. Mark Robson believes some of the problems occur because of the small gene pool here from which dogs are mated.
3: Some of the problems seem to go back even as far as the Second World War, where the Numbers of some breeds, especially in Europe, got very, very low, down to less than 10 in some instances as a result of the war. And so a small gene pool is just as much of a problem for a domestic pet as it is for the zoo animal veterinarians trying to preserve a species.
1: Breeders, especially those who want to show their dogs, use pairs that they think will combine well to produce the characteristics that they want. These may be female and male dogs from within the same family, so-called inbreeding or line breeding, Andrew Worth from Massey
6: whilst it can produce a group of similar animals, which is what they're after after all, it does bring in the possibility that you're concentrating those genes. You know, humans, we don't select each other based on our genetic genotype. If we did, we could wipe out a whole number of diseases, but we don't consider that sort of ethical in, in human terms. But we do things like, okay, you don't marry your sister or your brother or, you know, even your first cousin, this sort of thing. So by allowing that to happen in the pet industry... We've created unique forms of dogs which suit different purposes, but we're running risks because we're concentrating some of the undesirable things as well.
1: Genetic disorders are also passed on by careless or irresponsible dog breeding when breeders don't know about the potential problem of inherited disorders or don't care. The problems have been around for years, but the BBC documentary Pedigree Dogs Exposed put the issue well and truly in the limelight. You're a good boy, aren't you? Meet George the Pug. The big revelation about George is not that he suffers from
5: so many life-threatening inherited disorders. It's not even that his dad is a Crufts champion. Or that when Joanne and Graham bought George from his mum's breeder, they paid £800 for what is now one of the sickest pugs in Britain. The real scandal is that George himself qualified for Crufts.
1: The programme prompted a major sponsor to cancel its association with Crufts and the BBC to pull out of televising the world's largest dog show. Under these twin pressures, the UK Kennel Club embarked on a full review of its breed standards and earlier this month issued updated versions. Nothing similar is happening here, where the president of the New Zealand Kennel Club, John Perfect, rejects the idea that breed standards can be detrimental to a dog's health.
0: I don't agree with that comment at all. I believe that historically we have adopted a breed standard established from the United Kingdom and we have disciplined ourselves to ensure that the standard is maintained and we continue to refer to the standard as the benchmark for successful breeding.
1: The Veterinary Association and the SPCA disagree. Bulldog breeder Hazel Wilcox calls the UK changes a knee-jerk reaction and she isn't alone in believing that they won't make any difference.
5: I personally think the standard will not change. Nobody will move, we'll just... We're always, always trying for health issues. We're always trying
1: for wider nostrils. We're always trying to make sure we've got a healthy puppy. You judge as well. So without the breeders on board and without the judges on board, things won't change in the UK. And if they try to change them here, they wouldn't change here either. i would change here either, no, no. I put it to the president of the New Zealand Kennel Club, John Perfect, that the passionately held views of breeders would make it very hard for the organisation to change breed standards here, even if it wanted to.
0: I don't know that the Kennel Club is responsible for the breeds so much as the breeders are responsible for the breeds. I think we need to differentiate between that quite clearly. We are the organisation which administers dog showing and the register of dogs in this country. We don't tell the breeders how to breed
1: dogs. Part of the resistance to any change is concern from breeders that altering the breed standards would alter the look of their dogs. A Wanganui dog breeder who didn't wish to be named says the use of health tests in the UK has fundamentally changed the appearance of Shetland sheepdogs or Shelties. Because of a hereditary
5: eye problem, PRA and um, Collie Eye and anatomy, they started to test for everything. And when they wouldn't use any sire that wasn't clear or any bitch that wasn't clear. And of course they ended up with not lovely, sweet Shelties. They ended up with, you know dogs that were shelties but not as pretty and as sweet as we were used to. Do you think that matters? Yes it does because we we have a set standard and that's that's why I love the sheltie because a a sweet gentle look of intelligence is the epitome of the breed.
1: Debbie who's the owner of Tibetan Terriers and Lasso Apsos worries that the UK changes signal the start of a sort of political correctness trend for dogs.
5: I have Lhasa Apso's, and uh, they have hair that hangs completely over their eyes, right down to their, you know, past their chins. And what will happen eventually, I'm sure, is that oh, it's cruel to the dog because they can't. How can they see? Naturally, we tie them up when they're at home, but in the show ring, they are supposed to have that head full. What's the bet? Eventually, oh, you've been cruel to that dog. You're going to have to chop that fringe off. But if that was the case, why would that matter? It would matter very much so because they originate from Tibet. There aren't very many Laza Apsos or Tibetan Terriers left in Tibet these days and their long hair is there for protection against ultraviolet light, wind, dust. It's actually there for a benefit for the dog from where they originated from.
1: Other breeders, like this one who is showing a Boston Terrier at the Nationals, believes it's a matter of balance between looks and health. The Boston Terrier has a short nose, though not as short as a Pug or Pekingese.
5: We just like that slightly flat face. There is a standard; it's a you know beautiful square head. You're wanting that block, but there is a limit to how far you want to go. I mean, we, we regard the health of the dog more important. We do DNA testing for inherited diseases. It's very expensive, but most good breeders do the right thing. But there's always a few bad people, I'm afraid.
1: Massey University lecturer Andrew Wirth believes the priority should be to breed away from the problems, even if this means changing the appearance of particular dogs, for instance the bulldog.
6: It means changing the breed standards and what people consider a good bulldog looks like and it will take time but they came from a dog that was longer legged, longer snouted so we need to push them back towards that.
1: It seems unlikely that this will happen in the foreseeable future here for the English bulldog or any other breed of concern because without the acceptance of a need to change from breeders and the kennel club, nothing is likely to happen. Veterinary specialist Mark Robson believes breeders are motivated by what he describes as the three E's, ego, emotion and economics.
3: Without wanting to be derogatory about individuals, it seems to me that breeders first of all, are naturally proud of their lines of animals and wish to win prizes and and recognition among their peers. So that's the ego aspect. They do genuinely, in most cases, love their dogs and love the characteristics that come with a certain line of breeding. So there's a strong emotional component. And then for some of them, survival as breeders in terms of paying vet bills and for food and all that sort of thing, depends on selling a certain number of animals each year. So there's an economic aspect.
1: But it's an accusation that the Kennel Club president John Perfect strongly rejects.
3: I dispel that entirely. My feeling
0: for the job that I fulfil now is that there are there are many many breeders who have devoted a lifetime to the development of breeds in this country, and to suggest that it's for commercial reasons alone. Is absolute tribe.
1: Or ego for show reasons.
0: I don't believe that the sincerity of our most responsible breeders is has anything to do with ego or, or self-trapping.
1: The Kennel Club is introducing a new program however to try to encourage better breeding standards.
0: The accredited breeders program is going to enable us to establish protocols, conditions, minimum health checks, known disorders within specific breeds and to test for those as a requirement but more importantly permanent identification which is pivotal in this whole exercise.
1: Breeding dogs must have all appropriate health checks done. Female dogs or dams must not be bred from under the age of one or over the age of eight. The maximum number of litters is also prescribed. Inbreeding between close family members is banned, except with special dispensation. This means that no father-daughter, mother-son or brother-sister mating is allowed. However, grandparents are not ruled out at this stage, something that concerns vets. The Veterinary Association's Peter Verhoek says anything that reduces the gene pool is a problem.
4: Any interbreeding or lion breeding is really not a good idea because what you tend to do is you narrow your gene pool rather than widen your gene pool and that can lead to problems. For example, we've seen litters of poodles being crossed with Pomeranians and poodles crossed with Lauchans and these people are now getting four, five, six puppies per litter. Why is that? Well it's because it's outbreeding, it's outcrossing and these animals are having these puppies without caesareans in many cases and uh, with multiple pups per litter, even though uh, you're forming crossbreed they're actually outcrossing so you're getting a better result whereas previously with poodle breeding poodle you might get one or two pups and caesarean may be required and so on so I think there's proof in the pudding there that outcrossing is the way to go.
1: The Kennel Club hopes the new scheme will be launched before Christmas. It's President John Perfect.
0: There is no compulsion to do this, but we are encouraging it as best we can. For all the obvious health reasons, and there are good reasons for us to encourage as many people as we can to do that, we are not a dictatorial state. We cannot enforce anybody to do anything against their will, bearing in mind this is a recreational activity.
1: John Perfect hopes the scheme will produce spin-offs that make it attractive for breeders to sign up, not least because buyers of puppies may prefer dealing with members of the programme. He believes up to 30% of kennel club members will participate. Much more difficult is how to tackle the problem of inherited disorders in dogs bred by those who aren't interested in such a scheme, whether they be regular kennel club members or breeders totally off the kennel club's radar. An updated dog welfare code, which has been out for public submission, attempts at least to some extent to address this. The code has been written by the government's National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee. Its head, Peter O'Hara, says there are two minimum standards that will be recommended for adoption by the minister.
2: One has to do with what breeders should do in order to make the effort to ensure that the male and female in a breeding pair are as free as they can humanly make it possible, from inherited disorders. And the other is the obligation on breeders to inform the purchasers of puppies of any risks that those puppies might face from an inherited disorder.
1: There is still some way before the updated welfare code sees the light after becoming snagged on the issue of tail docking. Even when it is published, possibly in the first half of next year, it will only act as a guide. Peter O'Hara.
2: I'd find it hard to believe that you could frame a prosecution under the law as it exists uh, for this particular problem. So it would be more likely that would be shoulder tapping and letting folk know uh, that we know what's going on rather than there being the ultimate sanction.
1: The SPCA is expected to be the organisation which does that shoulder tapping. Many of the breeders I spoke to are against regulations ruling how they conduct their business, which in most cases they see as a hobby rather than a money-making venture. They say the responsible ones already do all they can to stop genetic disorders from being passed on.
5: never easy to have to put a three and a half week old puppy to sleep but I have enough dogs you can't keep everything with a problem so it's best to have the puppy put to sleep at an early age. We did finish up with one dog that had a very, very bad mouth. We don't know where it came from, but uh, he's only seven months old and he has been neutered, so he will not be used for breeding. And he's just a family pet.
1: Breeders tend to keep the best puppy from a litter and sell the rest on. So what can buyers do to try to ensure their lovable bundle of fluff isn't going to develop serious medical disorders? the Kennel Club's accredited breeder scheme will help. Many breeders also offer the results of health screening tests, the most common, the Veterinary Association's scoring system for hip and elbow dysplasia. But it is not without its problems. Paris, Jazz and Charlie are golden retrievers waiting with their owner in the grooming area at the National Dog Show.
5: When they're one, you can get their hips and elbows done, so they're just ruling out the potential for hip dysplasia. You know They can have hip dysplasia as... From sort of zero up to 106. 106 is the worst. So you know my dogs are a 10. So you know anything from that down would be great. Yeah. What would be the maximum that
1: you'd go up to to breed?
5: Um, Every breeder has a different, a different idea. I wouldn't breed anything over a 12. But I know some people have breed up to
1: sort of 20. Even if the score is bad, however, there is nothing to stop breeding going ahead anyway. Moreover, the scheme itself is in trouble. It's losing money and crucially there are doubts about whether it has made any difference. Andrew Wirth from Massey.
6: If you look at this graph uh, on the computer here, here's elbows for German Shepherds and we have made some improvement. The average worst elbow score has improved over the last 10 to 15 years. When we look at the hip data, we're not seeing as impressive an improvement and in some breeds, like the Labrador Retriever, we don't think we really have achieved an improvement.
1: Andrew Worth says mandatory testing and a better test would improve the situation. Screening and DNA tests are also available for other genetic disorders, such as deafness and blindness, although dog owners in New Zealand have access to fewer tests than those in some other countries. All in all, for those wanting to buy a pedigree puppy, it's very much buyer beware, and people are urged to do their homework. Andrew Worth.
6: If you ask me, would I buy a dog de Bordeaux in New Zealand? No, I wouldn't. Would I buy an English bulldog? I think they've got a fantastic temperament. But if I was looking for a robust family pet that I wasn't going to have to pour tons of money into, no, I wouldn't. Two little fluff balls.
1: But while pedigree pups are popular, there's a growing demand for so-called designer dogs, like at this local pet shop. These are Shih Tzu cross Maltese. Very cute. They're about uh, eight weeks old. The fashion is not embraced by breeders of pedigree dogs who tend to hate designer dogs, or mongrels as they call them. It's an attitude that vet Peter Verhoek says is a shame.
4: You're outcrossing two sets of gene pools, but in reality the proof's there for them. If they outbreed, they will get more pups, better health and longevity within their breed as well, because we do need in New Zealand to have a wider gene pool.
1: People looking for a new dog are also warned to take care buying a pup at pet shops and on the internet because of the potential lack of redress if an animal goes on to develop congenital problems. Vet Mark Robson says if consumers learn to ask the right questions, then economic pressures might begin to make a real difference to the health and welfare of dogs in New Zealand.
0: That program was written and presented by Sue Ingram.